Isn't it funny how we all start off with a plan or conception of what our life and career will look like, but oftentimes we are forced, or maybe we choose, to pivot into something entirely different? Well, this is a podcast where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, and entrepreneurs to hear how they handle these unexpected events. I'm your host, Andrew East. I'm an engineer turned professional athlete turned entrepreneur, and I'm super excited to bring you these stories in order to help you move closer to your dreams, no matter what they look like. Welcome back to the show. Today's going to be a fun episode. We sit down with Mallory Irvin, who is former Miss Kentucky, former runner-up for Miss America, and she has competed on The Amazing Race more times than you can count. Mallory now is a YouTuber and she puts out a lot of fun family content, beauty content, um, and is incredibly informative and valuable in what she does. But she's everybody's favorite on social media because she has so much spunk and so much energy. She will keep you laughing. Uh, If you want to check her out on Instagram and most platforms, you can find her at Mallory Irvin. She also has a wonderful YouTube channel, as mentioned. Um, I'm really excited for this one. Mallory has been a great friend to me and my wife, Sean. Uh, Sean and her go way back. So I hope you guys enjoy this one with Mallory Irvin. I'm here with everybody's favorite person, Mallory Irvin. Mallory, we've known each other for, what, five or six years? I would say five or six, yeah. Gosh, it's been a journey. It has has been been a journey. journey. And we're sitting here in your new house. Congratulations. Thank you. It is so exciting. But that journey did begin when we were friends, when you lived in that apartment across from Sean. Yes. With the swimming pool that we would swim. Yeah, this has been quite the journey. You You made the journey down to Starkville, Mississippi. We sure did. Somehow. To cheer you on. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) I made a lot of journeys to cheer you on. Starkville, Mississippi, but just a lot to the Vanderbilt Commodore Stadium. That's right. To cheer you on. And that was just so fun. To Mexico with your family, but not you. That's right. That's how deeply I'm involved. And we've been through two weddings and uh, one birth. Uh So this is kind of cool. I I like where the friendship's going. Yeah. There's a lot of good things happening. Yes. Thank you for taking the time. Of course. I'm so happy to do this. We always start off kind of, I think success is largely based off like the context of of where we were born and grew up and Mm -hmm. like what effect our parents had on this. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us about where you grew up and what your, your dad and Oh, wow. You're going to jump right into that. Right into the family (laughs) stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I was born in Western Kentucky, the oldest of 24 first cousins that all grew up on the same farm. So when people always ask me where at in Kentucky, literally the middle of the country. So like there were woods, it was cleared out. Then we planted some houses. It's called Union County. So I grew up with, like family, family, family. There were always like 10 kids sleeping in our house. I'm the oldest of four siblings, like just, you know, of my nuclear family, but um, a very, very, very close family. My grandparents live in the middle and um, it was just a really special way to grow up. It was a really small town. Um, There was one high school in the whole like community. So you knew everybody in the whole county. And um, I grew up in a little bit of an interesting um, manner too, because my family, there was a family business, like, you know, you know all about family businesses. So, um, my, my dad and my uncles worked away from home, but, um, my dad's a pilot would literally basically fly out of our backyard, do whatever it is that he was doing (laughs) and come back. And, um, 
it, it was pretty cool. Uh, I think most people that uh, kind of had that level of success probably would have been like, let's move to a bigger city or whatever. But he really wanted to keep our roots firmly planted in western Kentucky. And I'm so grateful for that. So, wow. yeah. You told me it was by Paducah, Kentucky, mm-hmm. which no offense if you're from Paducah, but – I think that's the saddest <laughs> place I've ever been to in America. <laughs> it's just got a lot of I know. places been closed down there. <laughs> yeah, it's recently. like, oh my gosh, this is a ghost town. I know. Can you tell a quick story about your dad? Because he's a legend. Of oh gosh. Well, right now, currently, this morning, my dad landed in Antarctica. He rode a cargo plane from somewhere in Russia to Antarctica because he's climbing. I think he's on the fifth of the seven summits, uh, which is Denali. It's 56 below zero right now on the mountain mm-hmm. that he is on. And so that's just currently where my dad is today. If that just gives you a little uh, sneak yeah. peek into the inner workings of his mind. But uh, it's it's really cool. So my dad is also the oldest of the six siblings who are like my aunts and uncles, obviously, that live on that farm. And he is – I talk a lot about my dad because people always ask me about my dad because we did the Amazing Race together. And I'm very close to my dad. I, I bring my dad up a lot because he's he's a really – uh, special person. Um, he's obviously been successful in the typical success terms, but just the way that he's like 62 and he's summiting Mount Everest, like it's pretty insane. Yeah. And, um, just kind of the way that he leads our family and the way that he taught us about success and about money and about jobs and stuff like that at a very young age, it was so intentional and just really, cool and I attribute a lot of the person that I am today in this business and the entrepreneur that's doing a billion different things to him Mm. I ain't gonna climb no mountains later in life but a lot of the things now are similar I think to how he kind of started out so he's a cool cat for those of you who aren't up on the uh, seven peaks lingo that's the seven tallest mountains in the world her dad's climbing which is crazy yes do you feel like um, that (coughs) oh bless you it go. was actually a throat clear, but thank you. Okay. <laughs> I always need a good blessing. <laughs> uh, my dad, I've, I'm just now realizing how amazing of an impact he had on my life um, in the sense that he he allowed me to believe that anything was possible. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that I came across as a kid that was like, oh, I can't do that because of like whether it was finances, like even though we weren't like super well off, he would just like, you know, yeah, you can do that if, if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do. Or like in my abilities, he, was, he said, if you want to play in the NFL, like you can do that. Mm-hmm. And so there's never a point where I, I I created these boundaries within myself. Do you feel like your dad had a similar effect? Oh, my gosh, yes. He was kind of like, yeah, totally. Outside of the box, like you can do anything. And even beyond the you can do anything, like even if there's something that you can't even think of right now that like nobody's done, you should try that actually. Yeah. Which I feel like you're, I mean, I love your dad. He's such a. Your dad is such a cool guy, too, just like your dad's presence and his faith and so many things about your dad. It's pretty awesome. I see why you guys turned out like this. But a lot of things in your dad remind me of my dad, just mm-hmm. kind of the way that they lead their family. The way and that, like, when you were – also super extreme yes. and kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you told that story about when you were 13 and he made you run the mirror? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. my I gosh. Haven't. Long story short, when Andrew was, like, 13, his dad was like, wake up, you're a man, let's run a marathon. <laughs> and he, like, literally no training got up and, like, had to yeah. run. That is the – yeah. Your dad, my dad thing. Yeah, the uh, the, the two personal side of that story is he didn't tell me like what you wear to wear to run oh, a half bless. marathon. So I wore boxers and 
and mild too. I was just like chafed raw. Yeah, I, we don't have the smallest thighs. Lessons in my learned. <laughs> Same. Oh man. So your your kind of career per se started off in pageantry. Am I right? Okay. No. No. Wow. <sighs> he doesn't know me that well. Oh at my all. gosh. Well, I'm excited now. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. So you know, I sang country music for years and years and years. I did. Well, Kyle just did a giveaway about your first album signed. Oh, okay. Self-named Mallory. <laughs> yes. The self-titled. Well, the first album was called Warming Up when I was oh, 10. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, I started singing when I was six. I No one in my family really sang some of my aunts and uncles did, but um, I just started singing and I was a good singer. So my parents were like, okay, let's go. (laughs) So I started doing like shows and talent shows and stuff like that at like six. Um, by the time I was 10, I had, I was, I sang the national anthem at an NBA playoff game. I did, I was like making CDs in Nashville and Texas. And it was, it was kind of like a thing. I opened for the Charlie Daniels band one summer and, um, it was like all that I wanted to do. I came to Nashville every week um, for voice lessons and different meetings and stuff like that. But something else, going back to my family, education was really important. So back then, like Leanne Rhymes and all these kids were dropping out of school and being like, I'm a singer now. So they were like, no, you stay in school and, and sing. And so very long story short, I went to school at Swanee, University of the South. I was a theater major, still thinking I wanted to pursue country music. And um, I being an entrepreneur that does not like to get kind of backed into the corner doing one thing, I just had a very strong feeling that like if I signed, I had some really great opportunity to sign a record deal to, you know, sign with management. And I was just kind of like, you know what? I don't feel right about it right now. And it was a few months before I, I did Miss Kentucky, won Miss Kentucky, did Miss America. Then my life went in a totally different direction. So country music um, was kind of where it all started. And I still love to sing, but I'm glad for the decision that I made because I can sing on YouTube if I want to sing on YouTube. That's true. You know, you can always sing. Side note, again, Mallory and I go back (laughs) way, way back. And we were actually, we had a band, you could say. (laughs) One could say. And we made it on national television. We did our first gig. We were, yeah, we were really hot there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it burned out like a match. No, I mean, you know, we all just had our own things we wanted to do. Andrew wanted a solo career, clearly. And... That was no, that was but a the good true day. story, no joke. That CBS was doing a, a little uh, segment on what Vandy players do behind the scenes, and they're mm-hmm. like, they're like, Andrew is in a band, and then it showed. <laughs> it's just like it was like a two minute clip of us playing music. I'll have to resurface yeah. that. It's yeah, we, you have to find that and show them because, and you know what's funny because like CBS, NBC, ABC, they can't play real songs, so they're like, you guys, uh, you're gonna have to make up a song. So do you have any songs? Clearly, we don't have any songs because we, we've just gotten together as a band as, that day. Like <laughs> that day. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, they're like. Uh, okay, let's see. Take the words of the alma mater, and his friend starts playing this little tune, and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. We made up a song just like that, and it was a hit. Made to national television. It did. I Mm -hmm. mean, we blew up. Prime time. So when did you start getting into pageants? So one random day, we were in the car driving to church or something, and my dad said, I think you should be Miss America. Okay. (laughs) I love that, by the way. Okay. I didn't, I didn't do, I'm not a pageant, I'm still to this day, I'm not a pageant person. Um, But my sister did little county fair pageants, whatever. I was like, okay, I'm not very tall, but like, 
I see people singing in this pageant. And I know there is some sort of interview component. So um, I researched it. So that was my um, senior year of college. What? At Swanee? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought you were like born. No, I was not born. I was not a born pageant person. I was like a wildcat kid. Like chasing animals in the yard and stuff. Wow. So, so, um, like I said, my sister had done some pageants, but, um, so I looked into it and I was like 35% of the score is talent. 25% is interview. 10% on stage question. I got this. So I was just like, let's, uh oh, the baby's uh, crying. Speaking of, he redirect- loves this story. <laughs> so, um, anyways, the the Miss America pageant, it just seemed kind of cool. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll do this now. Which is, you'll see in this interview, a theme of a lot of the things that I've done in life. Oh, this? Sure. Let's see. It. But here's the thing, too. I really want to win the things that I want mm-hmm. to do. Just kind of like you. Like, a participant is great, but the winner is much better. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, okay, so I got to get past this Miss Kentucky thing to get to the Miss America thing to like win it. So anyways, um, I did, I did Miss Kentucky for three years. The first year I was in the top 10, second year I was fourth runner up and then third year I won on my last year. Third time's a charm. And, um, I had almost totally lost my mind by the third year because I wanted it so badly because you know, like whenever something is like that close when you're, you know, yeah. Yeah, you just yeah. want to even. You're like, come on, like what? What does it take? Like, what's the thing's gonna push me over the edge? I just went through that with my football. Career. I know. Yeah. So, um, I won on my third year. So that was, I started my my senior year of college, um, competing, and you just basically do a preliminary pageant, and if you win that, then you get to be one of the thirty whatever girls that goes to Miss Kentucky. And, um, you know what pageants really taught me and going through them like those three times, that was the first thing in my life that I'd ever lost was that pageant. And, you know, I was like the golden child, like grew up just, just crushing everything in a small town. It's easy to do. You can be valedictorian of your high school when there's only one high school and (laughs) it is what it is. How many students? Yeah. Uh, well, 700 kids total, but like, you know, 200 ish in my uh, class. It's pretty I, good. I mean, it wasn't as, it wasn't as hard as some other schools. <laughs> let's just say that. So anyways, I was used to being on the top yeah. and, um, I learned for the first time that, um, you know, there were a lot of people around me in, in Kentucky, the Miss, Miss Kentucky and the Miss Kentucky pageant is a huge deal. And there are so many people on the outside that are trying to like move all the puzzle pieces around and, tell you what kind of dress and what kind of song and how long your hair needs to be and if you need a spray tan or not, what color your dress needs to be, you know, all this stuff. And uh, it was the first time that I realized you got to listen to yourself <laughs> um, instead of a million people around you and uh, kind of make your own decisions sometimes. And that was a really, uh, that was a lesson that I was really grateful for doing Miss Kentucky the year that I spent um, after I won. You work for the state, and I was employed by the Department of Agriculture, and I spoke to, like, seven schools a day. Dang. It was the – it was still to this day that was the hardest job in the world. It was in, it was insane. I slept, like, three hours a night. I would have to wake up at, like, 3.30 to work out, 
then I would have to get on the road by like 5.15 in the morning to make the first school at like 7 a.m. And sometimes it was an hour away. I would speak at a school for 30 minutes. I would answer questions for 15. I would leave, get in my car by myself, go to the next one. And it's just, you know, when you see a crowd of 700 children in front of you, you see very quickly in that role like, Wow, this is a really this can be really impactful. Hundred percent. And um, but the pressure it, probably exhausts you too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I spiraled you, out of control. Tra- oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. That's that's another thing that I learned during that year is you have got to take care of yourself. You have got to fill yourself up before you can keep. I gave and gave and gave and gave and gave, and it just. It literally like ran me into a wall, but, um, it was, it was a really incredible year and, um, it was, yeah, it was really awesome. Um, I got to do, I mean, people don't realize that a lot of pageants aren't like this though. And a lot of States, even within the Miss America organization aren't like this, but Kentucky was, and I was just really grateful that I got to do something like that. I, I got to, I helped get bills passed for autism insurance reform because that was my platform and I have cousins that, um, have autism and uh i got to do a a bunch of really really cool things cooked with bobby flay and got to be in the circle when the horse was getting the the roses and (laughs) i mean i got to hang with coach cal all the time Uh, and like coach brooks and it was just it was a really special year so a couple things if you could help me with my Mm -hmm. misconceptions i thought that miss america pageant was just for like college scholarships like i thought it was like 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 18 year old girls or something like well that. so you you can start when you're 18 but it goes until 24 so really? you can compete for six years or seven however your birthday falls and a lot of people like me you can use it for like furthering your education you can use it for grad school law school you know med school that's what a lot of people did um but yes a big part of it is the scholarships and um yeah, I was fortunate that I was already done with school and that my parents helped me with school. But um, I did use the – I used some of the money later, like, yeah. for a program, but I, d- I didn't use all the scholarship money that I want. I, I wish I would have, but school was not the place for me. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of where Mallory enters my life because Sean was judging the Miss America pageant. Yeah. And she sees Miss Kentucky bounce out on stage <laughs> – like no, like all these girls are kind of uptight and you know just walking like they're you know super. I don't even know what the word is. But it's very serious. Yeah, very serious. very serious. And Mallory <laughs> apparently comes bouncing out on stage, just <laughs> cheesing like crazy. And Sean said, "I want to be her friend." Uh, so fast forward a couple of years. I don't know how yeah. long it was after that, but they're in a TJ Maxx or in a Michaels. A Michaels. I'm sorry. Michaels Craft Store. And. They both recognize each other, and and then um, Shauna just moved to Nashville, and so they hung out, and mm-hmm. here we are now. So I know that's so funny. A lot happened after you, you finished. What, like you you did really well in the Miss. Yeah, I was runner right? up. I was fourth runner up. That's amazing. And it was it was awesome. And that kind of launched you into. Did that ultimately kind of get you on the uh, Amazing Race? Show? It it kind of did. So here's the kind of way that that went. So I had done, you know, all of this motivational speaking, working with, you know, politicians in my state, just doing a bunch of different stuff than I'd done before. And I was like, man, you know, what, what am I going to do next? 
And this kind of has happened in my life in several stages is things just randomly like fall from the universe <laughs> into my lap. And um, I, I was cast or um, so with these reality shows, like you either apply mm-hmm. or sometimes people will reach out to you because they have recruiters and stuff like that. So um, I was asked about my interest in doing Survivor. Now, I felt like because I was dieting and I was exercising and I was at my, I was in really good shape, but I did feel like I was starving to death some days just because my diet was very restrictive. I was like, I'll starve to death. What? If I go on an island for 41 days with bugs, I need, I need some cakes now. So I was like, I don't know if I can do that. And so I, I turned down Survivor and it was almost immediately after. And they were like, what about the amazing race? And I was like, oh my gosh, my dad has been watching that show on our couch for 10 years. Every Sunday night. I was like, could I bring him? Could I apply with him? And they were like, sure. So thus began the application process. My dad is this, you know, great man with all of these really cool accolades and stuff. But if you put a camera in front of him, he's not, he's not going to do what he's not going to do this. He's going to, he's going to do this. Seriously? He just locks up, huh? He just lets other people talk. (laughs) And so we are going through the application or the the process. It's really funny. Like they do all these personality tests. They do all these interviews just to kind of see how you banter and stuff like that. Cause it's really important. Cause on the amazing race, which is on CBS, you go around the world for a million dollars doing all these cool challenges. If you win, you win a million dollars. I lost three times. We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, you're telling the story of what's going on with your banter back and forth with you and your partner. You, like, narrate the show, basically. So they have to make sure that, you know, it's not going to be like me all the time and my dad's just (laughs) sitting there. So uh, it was just so funny in those interviews and stuff. We're with, like, top CBS execs, like people that you would know. And uh, they're like, you know, if we can get about 70% less of you being me (laughs) and about 70% more of him – we, we're good. <laughs> so hilarious. working on kind of getting that dynamic going. But so then, um, so I did Miss America in January and I left to film my first season of the amazing race in May, I think. So wow. right after the pageant. So I was still Miss Kentucky. I wasn't going to give up my crown until July. And it's really secretive. Like you film like the whole world in less than a month. It's insane. You do. It's, it is insane. That show. I want to do it so bad. People. It's so, it is so fun and so awesome but so much harder than people like i watch on tv i'm like how'd you miss that clue box How'd you? <laughs> and now i know now because you've yeah. run 13 miles on foot to get there that they didn't even show oh my god i mean it's just so insane but to go around the world in that way to sleep on the streets of india and to climb a, the matterhorn in switzerland and to jump out of airplanes and to i mean it that was the coolest experience ever, mm. ever. Because what's really cool about The Amazing Race, I don't know about other travel shows, but we truly were, like, immersed in the culture. We truly did things that, like, local people did with local people. They weren't, like, people dressed as people, like Indian people. They were the Indian people that were actually doing that. And it was just, it was really cool. 
it was really cool. And we made some of our greatest friends. Um, two of the Harlem Globetrotters are still some of our closest friends to this day. Yeah, Flight yes. Time and Big Easy, you've met yeah. them before. Uh, you know, these two cowboys from Oklahoma that we're such good friends with. Just, I mean, it was just this really incredible time in our lives. And so we made it almost to the end of that. My dad. My dad is the best amazing racer. I will go ahead and put it on record. The best to ever be on the show, I think. He's so good. Such a good prepper with gear and with, you know, the things that you need. I I, I have my, like, bag of stuff. I have to show it to you sometime. But um, it was was really awesome. We got eliminated in Oman um, because a road had washed out. And, like, we had a map and the road was washed out. We got really bad loss for seven hours. And, um, yeah, so that was, like – two episodes from the end so we out of 12 teams we got to like the eighth or the ninth team i can't remember and then you know it was such a cool experience we came home we were like man we really think we could have won that whatever we were home for about a week and i was at home for some reason in my house in kentucky because i was living in nashville my parents still live in kentucky and i mean this is just the best experience so obviously like we're just bummed totally bummed it's over and it doesn't air for three more months so it's done filming. We're in the house and my phone rings and it's the casting director at CBS. And she left me a voicemail and she's like, Mallory, call me back. I called her back. She's real quick. And she's like, Mallory, uh, we're thinking about having an all-star season. Would you and your dad be interested? Wow. They had told us we would, they would never have another all-star season said we will never have another one. And, uh, literally this is the week that we got back and I ran downstairs and I was like, dad, what is the best thing in the whole world that could ever happen to us in our lives? that we never thought in a million years would happen. And he was like, Amazing Race is having an all-star season, and we got cast. No. And I was like, that's it. So oh my we left for the all-star season before the first season even aired. So it was back-to-back, and we almost won. We lost by a minute and 30 seconds in the last episode no. in a bad taxi because we were so nice, and we were getting in, in a taxi, and this lady was like, I was waiting on that. And I'm like, oh, here, ma'am. So we got in the next one. The guy, his name was Sterling, couldn't speak English. In the Florida Keys. We made it around the whole dang world. And then we get in Miami, Florida, and somebody can't, you know, speak uh. English. And couldn't take directions as well. And um, we made up so much time. We got lost for hours and made up all that time. And we're right behind. Um, but, you know. A minute and a half. Every time I lose something, I get to go back and, like, do it again. Or something else comes up. If I would won Miss America, I wouldn't have done The Amazing Race. Mm. If I'd won the first Amazing Race, I couldn't have done the All-Star season. If I'd won that All-Star season, I couldn't have done, which led me to the next one. Then I did another All-Star season. (laughs) This one, my dad kind of had a hurt back. There was a bunch of things that had gotten shifted around, and they paired me with this random other person, and it was a disaster because, like, traveling the world with someone that you know and love is already hard enough. Traveling the world with someone that you don't know or love? No. No. Not a good idea. Great for reality TV, bad for the spirit. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. But that was a really amazing time in my life, and it led to a lot of other opportunities. I got to host a lot of cool, like, like one-off travel shows and different things. I lived in Malta for, like, four months one summer and filmed a really cool show there. Um, I got to film, like, a few pilots for travel shows like in the United States right after that, just it led to a bunch of really cool stuff. And it made me more than just, like I said, I'm not a pageant pageants. Wasn't my thing. And I didn't want people to always know me as, Oh, you did miss America. So that opened my career up into this new realm into television, which I never really thought about doing television before. And, um, yeah. So then more opportunities came from that, but it was just such a cool experience. I mean, 
you know you know how cool that would be to do with your dad like there's nothing like it no cell phones like just you and another human being for like a month yeah <laughs> traveling oh my gosh that'd be so insane. it was cool yeah so what are you doing intermittently between the shows like a million different things. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of what started my life as an entrepreneur um, was the, the, or these spaces between these shows because, you know, cause you've kind of done like stuff like this before. And Sean has, after you film them and you're under contract with them, like you've got this lull where you can't do certain things. You, you you're kind of laying low until a show airs. So in between each of those seasons, there wasn't much between the first two, but the, the second and third season, I've, I went through, a t- at times, a great road and at times a really tumultuous road of trying to figure out what the heck I want to do with my life, what what I feel like a lot of people 100%. are asking. Yeah. What the heck do I want to do with my life? And, um, you know, a lot of people see me now and see my success now as in, in YouTube and on social media, but my Lord, it was not like that. Like, I, I really struggled, and there were a lot of – times where I had like nothing at all. I was not going to go to my parents for help. I, I could have. And, um, uh, you know, they helped me a, a few times here and there, but I, uh, I really wanted to try and figure it out on my own. And it was really a struggle. Um, because also I always, um, being the oldest and being kind of a golden child in the beginning of my life, I hadn't really failed. I was a big time perfectionist and thought I had to top everything that I'd done. So here I was, I was a runner up in Miss America. I'd done two national television shows and everybody's like, I can't wait. People used to say that to me, like on the streets of my hometown, I can't wait to see what you do next. And like, I would hear that and just be like, Oh my gosh, because you just think the next thing that you do has to just blow that out of the water. And I learned really, really quickly uh, that that just that's no way to live hmm. and it's no way to live like trying to please everybody else and I thought what I had to do a I thought everybody had to see it it had to be a national television show or some kind of accolade that people knew about like Miss yeah. America or going to law school people see like I have a degree or I, I I literally explored every single option in my mind and I was so like lost and um, I feel like su- success uh, and a success at a young age like that can do that to you because it's like, well, what in the heck? What in the heck do I have to look forward to? Like, what can I even do next? And who am I going to disappoint if it's not as good as the last thing? And um, it, it was really a – it was a tough time. And, you know, that's when Sean and I were b- the best of friends during that time. And I, like, thank God for her and that relationship that we had because I got to kind of, like, in that period – just kind of like chill where I would get to travel with her and like do some fun things here and there and kind of figure it out. But you know, there were times that where it was a really big struggle for me because I really felt like I was letting other people down, but I felt like I was letting myself down. I just felt like it was all like such a, it was just a dark time for me. Some of it. It's so hard when you fully commit to something, whether it's you with the pageants or you with the amazing race or me with my NFL career. And like you literally, society expects you to be fully committed to that. But then once you reach that or you don't reach that and it doesn't fall through, you're on the other side and you're thinking, I have nothing. I don't know what to do with my life. I have nothing. And it's scary. And I I went through like a three month depression. Like you knew me during that. I was just sitting on my couch. Like didn't, I didn't know what to do. I signed up to be an Uber driver and I was like, I have no, (laughs) that was the best though. (laughs) I have no (laughs) talents or skills that are useful to the world. Um, 
But I, I actually talked to Lisa Billy, who I was just telling you uh-huh. about. And she made such a good point where it's like, look, all these people get stuck in not knowing where what to do with their life or where to go. Yeah. And the best thing that you can do is just like do something. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not what you're going to end up doing, but it'll help you take the next step to realize, hey, this is, this is getting me closer to what I feel like I was made to do or mm-hmm. this is not what I yeah. was made to do. So anyway, you actually are the reason that Sean and I got into YouTube. Well – Thanks. Look and where that ended up. Because so you, you <laughs> finished doing all these shows. Uh huh. Tell us how you started this online entrepreneurship. So, um, okay, so that was yeah. There's about a five year like thing that we just skipped. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. So feel, feel no, it. it's because it was that. It was yeah. that what you were just talking about. What she said. It was that. Just do something like whether I was doing like makeup for someone or whether I was, I did a lot of like one-off speaking jobs, which was so funny because my life was in such disarray Mm. and I could still stand there and like, I could tell other people how to do it, but I could not do it myself. And I could like read it and understand it in books and see it on TV. And I was, and, and what's hard too, like when you have a talent, like you having a talent and me, like I, I felt like, you know, singing was my talent and, and you know, all of these things. And I felt like if I wasn't using it, those talents, it was like a waste of this gift that I'd been given. And I think, um, I think people get caught up in that too. Like talents are wonderful, but you don't have to, if you like to sing, you don't have to be a famous singer. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, you, you can just use a talent as something that makes you, happy in your life and brings you joy it doesn't you don't have to get pigeonholed into that but that's i mean that's neither here nor there but um (laughs) yeah so anyways you know a lot of soul searching happened in that five-year period i realized for my for myself like i stopped drinking i stopped i used to be like oh my gosh on the amazing race i got so hooked on sleeping pills because going doing international flights over and over and over got in that, like that was a spiral for me. And I realized like I was kind of at the bottom of the barrel there, like in some of those years being like, what this is kind of before Sean and I became really close friends, just kind of like something's got to change in my life in order for me to, to project forward into whatever that forward is going to look like. I knew that what the way that I was living my life that way, that, there was no way even when I figured out what it was that I wanted to do that I was going to be able to do it effectively or to the level that I wanted to. And I stopped everything that I was using to numb everything. I stopped. And that is truly, I feel like what opened the door to this new career that I'm doing now. Um, and that was a, that was the best thing I ever did in my life was that stopping all that. Absolutely. Yes. And I feel like, you know, so many people, whether, they have an issue with whatever it can be drinking. It can be prescription medication. It can be shopping. It can be sitting on your couch and eating and watching Netflix for a week. It can be people use all different things to numb things out. But I feel like our culture is like an, is a numbing culture. No one deals with things that are going on. No one mm. really connects to like their, their soul. And, and, uh, at night, they just kind of numb it all out, and they brush it under a rug, and they wake up with it on their back the next day. Yeah. And that's what really – it it was like a light came on in my life again. And it was really amazing. It was just kind of like this whole new thing, like, okay, let me see. what What is it that I really want to do? And just kind of like what you just said, okay, just do something. So everybody was starting blogs. 
like B-L-O-G-S, blogs. And I was like, okay, I'll start it. Because I feel like when you do vlogs and blogs, you have to spell it. Everybody <laughs> sounds like used to doing that. Vlog. Vlog. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing a B-log yeah. there for the, for the um, that first couple months. And I was like, okay, I'll post fashion and beauty. I'd always liked beauty. I did Miss America. I'd always liked fashion. And that's kind of what everybody was doing. And it kind of just took hold. And uh, I had a blog when I was Miss Kentucky that was really – I got so many views on that blog, just kind of posting what I was doing and being the perfectionist that I was back then. I like stopped it when it was getting up to this certain number. I felt like I couldn't top it anymore. So I stopped it. And so this blog kind of did the same thing and was doing really well. And pretty soon into doing that, it, my Instagram started to grow. Um, and I, I became friends with this girl named Alex that you guys are friends with too. And she was like, a lot of people had said you should start a YouTube channel, and I was just kind of like, YouTube? I know. I never watched YouTube. Yeah. Did you watch YouTube? No. I never watched YouTube. Even to this day, I, I don't – whenever I'm looking – I think it's my generation because it's younger people than me that go to the phone and look up something on YouTube. Yeah. I'm still, like, trying to Google it or, like, look for it on TV <laughs> sometimes. Like, um, So I started a YouTube channel, and it opened – First off, it is incredibly insane to me that this is the type of career that it is and that you can work with the brands that we get to work with and do these types of deals and have this type, this level of opportunity with a YouTube channel. Because what I love about it, there is no middleman. Mm-hmm. When I used to film all these shows, I'd film this incredible piece of work. Uh, yeah. I can just put it out there and people can see it. How that was so satisfying. And in the beginning, there was like a thousand, and there was ten thousand, and then there were, you know, then it grew. Yeah. But um, it was just, it was, it's been so awesome yeah. because I started doing just beauty stuff, makeup and stuff, and now we're doing like vlogs, a lot of vlogs, what we're doing in our everyday life, and I talk a lot about like just what we were just talking about, like how I've had this really crazy kind of career mm-hmm. journey, and just emotional journey through life where I've, I've just gone through so many um, awesome things and so many hard things. And uh, I share that on the YouTube channel. It's just, it's a space where you can literally like talk about anything. And that's what I love about it. And uh, as the YouTube channel has grown, people start requesting more things. So we launched merchandise last year that did insanely well, which was awesome to see that you have a community out there that supports you, anything that you put out there like that, that is, that is something that didn't even exist five years ago, that yeah. you can start your own, your own career, you have your own TV channel on the YouTube, and then you can do all your arms from that that you want. So I'm starting a podcast in 2019. I love podcasts. I love this medium. I listen to podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. Um I'm starting merchant, or I, I did the merchandise launch. I'm going to do that quarterly. Um, I've had a really incredible opportunity to write a book for about a year and a half that I feel like with having a baby and just all the things that have happened that I haven't really um, dove into like I should. And it's just, um, it's a really cool thing and a really cool place. And uh, I honestly have never been happier than I am like in my life right now. Yeah. And it's just, um, it's really, it's it's just really crazy that yeah. like YouTube can be this kind of career, and and it's really, um, 
It's really awesome. So, so Mallory, I think we we're in LA and I was asking her like, you know, we were, her and I were both just kind of like in this abyss of, we didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was a total abyss. And you got, you got out of it before I did. And, and I was, you're asking, younger than I me. was asking questions <laughs> and you're telling me about like this agent or somebody that may or may not be sketchy. And then it led to these bigger conversations about YouTube and the blog. And I was like, huh, maybe I should try that out. Yeah. So I started a channel and Sean always tells a story where like, she's pretty hesitant to like do something new ish in the career. And so she's like, no, I don't know about that. And next thing you know, like we started the channel and. And know, here that, we that are. Was that, that was that. And it's been so much fun. So thank you. Yeah. You're that. welcome. Will you give me for that 10%? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the show today. People. Uh, <laughs> um, and now we're, I'm glad to say we're kind of neighbors now. Yeah, we are great. neighbors. You've, there's been so much. We So we were together when you were dating. Yeah. We weren't together when she was dating. We were <laughs> hanging out. Friends. We were, thank you. I don't know, I don't know how I was going to do that. I was digging myself deeper in a hole. Um, so you've gotten married yep. to Kyle, and mm-hmm. now he's kind of your work partner. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's so cool to see because that's kind of how Sean and I set yeah. up this. Mm-hmm. Is it easy for you guys? Or It is because, A, like we've been through a lot. When I was going through all that stuff in my life, Kyle and I were together. So we have been through so mm-hmm. much in our relationship that now we're like in the easy, in yeah. the easy part. Yeah. Because I truly believe that whether it's in life or in your career or in your relationship, when you go into the trenches and lean into that hard stuff and experience those devastating, like falling out on the floor moments, you are the person that's going to come out on top. And it's so like cliche to say that, but I've just seen that in my own life in everything and in, in my relationship with Kyle and my career, just in, in everything. And, so we're like, yeah, we've been through like so much together and grown so much together because we've been together for a long time. And um, it's really awesome working together. He ran a really successful business in Nashville for a long time. And he just kind of whittled away, whittled away, whittled away his accounts. And then now he's on full board with me. And it's um, great. It's really awesome because he's upstairs. If you hear Ford, my son, in the background, like, yeah. screaming, they're upstairs in the office. But um, it's so fun. Like, people ask so many questions about that. They ask y'all questions, too. Like, how do you do that? What's it like working with your your husband or your yeah. wife? But, I mean, I feel so privileged that I get – we get to hang out. We got a Saturday and Sunday, like, all day, every day. We get to hang out all day, every day. Yeah. Thank goodness we like each other because if we didn't like each other, that would be a problem. <laughs> but I like him. Good. And um, it's just, yeah, it's really great. And then bringing a child into it, I don't have to hire a nanny or, you yeah. know, help. I can hand Ford to Kyle and do my stuff. He can hand him to me and do my stuff and kind of, and I, I love that. And I love it that Ford's going to grow up in a house where he can see his parents. He saw his parents create like something really amazing out of nothing at all like a computer screen, a laptop, and a camera. And it's, um, we will build, one day I'll, I know, one day I'll have a book and one day I'll be speaking and one day, and it, and a big part of it is because people started watching me on YouTube. And um, it's really cool. You got to ride the waves of like, of what's available to you. You know, blogs were popular when I did Miss Kentucky 10 years ago and I rode that wave and that was awesome. Now I'm riding the Instagram wave and riding the YouTube wave. And I'm not afraid whenever some people, when they're so locked in and they're on the top, 
um, of the ladder of success, whatever it is that they're in, they're so afraid when other people start coming in and beating them out, their numbers are bigger and stuff like that, or when the industry changes a little bit. And they're like hanging on for dear life. With me, I pivot and I go to something else. And um, that in my life has always, it's, it's been the most amazing journey. If you would have told me like 25 years ago that I'd be a YouTuber, like I went from seeing country music to doing Miss America to doing travel shows to this. I mean, you just have to, um, when an opportunity presents itself, like don't yeah. judge it and be like, no, I'm actually this. It is easy to judge. And that was my first reaction. I was like, YouTuber, like what is that? Yeah. But, um, it's been funny. Kyle is probably one of my favorite Instagram accounts. to follow. Oh my God. Him and his dad content are just gold. <laughs> so if you don't follow him, it's, Kyle Demiola on Instagram. Well, you, no, follow just, me first. No, don't. <laughs> Mallory's content is hilarious as well. But Kyle, when we first met him, was like super quiet and yeah. shy. And now he's completely opposite. And I don't know if that's because of the work that you guys are doing or because we know him better personally, but it's just like it's so funny to see. Side note, I didn't tell you I was going to share this, but you may, you may or may not have asked me to marry you at one point. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I think you did. So we can talk. About, we can talk about that later. But, okay. You know, as as <laughs> um, well, did, what'd you say? Did you say yes or no? I kind of just, you know, Sean was right there, so I didn't feel like it was appropriate to answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she would share. Yeah. <laughs> we share everything else. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna reset this, and then we'll, we'll. It's five more minutes. Are you good with that? Yeah, you're fine. I I'll, I have 15 more minutes. <clears throat> I guess Sean and Aunt. Wait, is Sean texting? Probably. I don't know. My phone is blowing up right now for some reason. Oh, oh yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so <laughs> She's are you, are you ready for some fan questions? Oh, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So these are all over the spectrum here. And okay. some are serious. Some are not. Let me pull this up. Bad service in the house. We got to fix that. Uh, um, I know. How do, I know. Do you I guys know. have bad service at your house? No, ours is great. But we have T-Mobile, so. Shout out. Um, oh. I, I get to choose these. You don't get to choose these. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lex McCormick wants to know tips f- you have for new bloggers, bloggers. For new bloggers? Yes. Okay. Definitely don't try and copy other people's model. Like, try and figure out what it is that you're good at mm. and do that. That sounds so cliche. Um, but that, and then just keep plugging away because it takes time and a lot of people give up on it before they get to a certain number and you don't go from zero to a hundred thousand unless you're on the bachelor. Like you don't go to that overnight, you yeah. know? So, um, you've got to be patient with that and find what you're really good at. Yeah. Yeah. Wise words. Um, let's see. So Owen Faulkner wants to know how you got started on YouTube, but we kind of addressed okay. that. Okay. Valerie Warwick, I don't know if it's too early to ask this, but do you and Kyle plan on having any more children? We do. Um, so Kyle jokes around and tells everyone that he wants six, but I just, uh, I don't know if that's going to be feasible six. with the age that I am currently and that I'm only on my first one. <laughs> so I think that um, I would love three or maybe four if we get crazy. Okay. But I, I would like three. I'm, Here's, I definitely think, yeah. Can I just say something? I don't have the source to cite. I will try to include this in the show notes. But I've heard that that whole, like, 40, if you're a woman, is too old to have a kid, is based off of a bad sample size. So 
Hmm. I, if like so. Well, I'm not 40, just for everybody no, that's watching. I, no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why you're using no, that example. No, that's, no, that's, <laughs> stop. Stop. No, that's what they say. It's like 40, you're done. Okay, whatever. Okay, okay, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll, move, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll deal with that in several years. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Wrong timing. Um, just kidding. Jimmy Erickson, Jim J-M-I-X Erickson, wants to know how do you deal with anxiety and depression um, she's so impatient and she just wants it gone now. So, um, yeah, a- anxiety is, I think anxiety is a real thing for everyone. I mean, ha- have you ever met anyone that has experienced anxiety? I don't I, think I have. I did in 2015. You experienced Chiefs. anxiety? crumbled. Yeah. It it's like a real thing. And I've experienced it too. And like, I, I totally believe that like that can be debilitating for people and you have got to find whether it's therapy, whether it's like meditation, all those apps are awesome. I was just, Headspace, that's, a, that's actually one of these teal blue wants to know a suggestion for meditation apps. Do you talk about that a lot? They're incredible. Kyle and I meditate all the time. Kyle meditates every morning. Kyle is very into meditation. Well, he needed to be cause he got a little whack there for a while, but <laughs> it's uh the calm app is great. I love um, calm. So, I love calm. So is headspace. Like I think they're all great, but calm is one that we use a lot. And, um, I recommend for him though, dealing with depression and anxiety. I know he says, I want it away now. Look at this. Look at, you have to take a step. So what, yeah. what is that step? First off, like with depression, I feel like a lot of people, like they just don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Whenever I used to kind of be in that state where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm so sad. Like I don't have this or I don't have that. happen. Just get out of bed. And whether it's you're running around your building that you live in or whether it's like sending out some emails or do, you have to get out of that, get your feet on the ground and get out of that bed in the morning and, and, and just do something and like take each initial step. But I can't say enough about therapy. And meditation yeah. and things like that. Um, Whether I, – I think therapy – and Sean and I are big on couples therapy. But yeah, like, it's amazing. Like whether you're in a bad – it's best to start it before you need it. You Absolutely. Like young people like Kyle and I because it helps you communicate. And then it helps you not get to the point where it's bad. Right. It's, I think some of the most amazing couples go to couples therapy. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm from a really small town where people are like, therapy? I know. It's like a stigma test. What is wrong with you? Like, like, sorry, we're talking about things. Yeah. But you have to talk about things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I love it that, like, vulnerability and talking about shame and therapy and stuff like that has had this resurgence because I'm all about you've got to – you have got to open up to someone and, like – the days of holding it all in and dealing with it all yourself are over. They you gone. Know? They gone. They gone. Okay. <laughs> um, why did Teal Blue ask about meditation apps for beginners? Do you talk about that a lot? Yeah, we talk about that. Um, that was a question that I got. So, um, yeah. Well, I talk trick? about, like, wellness a lot. I, I feel like I talk about, like, living your life right. Like, live fully. That's, like, my brand mantra. Like, that's I talk about that a lot. And I think in order to do that, you've got to be right in the head. And you can't be, you know, one anxiety can be crippling depression. It is crippling. It'll ruin your whole life and you've only got one. So I think that first and foremost, people have to deal with that kind of stuff and they have to, you have to dig to the bottom of, I feel like everybody's got this big like basin of stuff in their stomach and, you know, just over the years, like whether it's major trauma that people have, some people have major trauma some people it's like little things or resentments against a parent or like things in your relationship. And like, 
with me because I did that life overhaul where I had to, you know, I was at the, I was just insane. And it was just game over for me if I didn't do something. But some people, they just kind of like go through life. Everything's okay. And everything's fine. And they kind of like numb it out on the weekend, but they're living for the weekend. They don't love their job. Their family's fine. That is not how you should live your life. You like dig at the bottom of all that stuff. What, whatever it is. Cause like something's holding you back from that incredible life. And, um, mm. I talk about that a lot and I think like meditation can really help, help with that because it true. clears out all that mess in the beginning of the day. Yeah. So you can actually like think self-awareness is the word that I've been hearing a lot. And I think that's important. Yeah. That's uh, last very question, important. last question. Megan Elizabeth Walsh wants to know what was your first brand sponsorship? Oh shoot. Yeah. First one. Like in this new resurgence, because when I was Miss Kentucky, I had a lot of brand sponsorships, but I'll do like digital. recent. Yeah, digital. That's a great question, actually. Gosh, I'm trying to think about it for us. I think ours was Sam Bazan smoothies, just to give you time to think. Yeah. Pretty good. You know what I think mine was, which this was a big one, and this was, I think it was Chevrolet. I Shit. think that was one of my first ones was doing the CMA Fest. Um Really? With Chevrolet. I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. when you did that. That was one of my bigger integrations. I think I might have done one with uh, with a perfume, maybe, hmm. or with the sunglasses before that. But that was one of my bigger ones, and that's when I was like, what? Money? <laughs> You're going to pay me this? <laughs> it's so much fun. And then, it's like, so once fun. I did that, I realized, like, what kind of power and impact we would have for a brand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. I love those questions. Yeah, I can answer that questions it's all like day. A little reflective. Mm-hmm. Okay, I always ask the same two closing questions. Gosh, now Mallory, I wish I would have listened to the other podcasts. Mallory, you have well, thanks. Jeez. <laughs> Gosh, he was mad at me when I came there. in. I'm going to. I'm excited to actually. Um, you've achieved so much success, in whether it's on television, whether it's in pageantry, whether it's just the, your lifestyle or online what goals do you have at this point having achieved all that success what like what are you aiming and striving for now so like i said a while ago like the new brand mantra that we came up with last year it was live fully whatever that looks like whether it looks like a book or speaking i i want to do something that's making a difference telling people my story and um how I've achieved my success. I don't foresee us just like doing brand deals and piling up all this money in the future. I want to be on a stage or writing a book and talking to people about like, how the heck can you make the most of this one life that you've been given? And, um, it's pretty amazing because Instagram and YouTube and all these things that, that we're doing now, like they opened a door to that. And it's the content that people actually connect with most and, um, request the most. So I feel like it's a natural fit and, um, yeah, I think that's a good goal that, and, um, a happy family. I mean, you'll see when you have your first child, there is nothing in the world Mm. like having a child, nothing in the world. So that's another goal because there is just, I could just cry right now just thinking about it. It really is just amazing. So that's another goal is to have more happy babies, healthy babies. Yeah. We were, uh, I forgot about this till just now, but we were there on the day that Ford was born. You were. Special day. Yeah. I'll never forget. Can I just share the story? Cause I just, I just got chills thinking about it. We're in there with Mallory's whole family except your dad. Cause he was climbing Everest. Yes. <laughs> Like, you know, there's 10 of, there's ten people there. Everybody's hectic and crazy. 
and Mallory comes, she gets carted out, holding forward, and you know, I, I expected her to like be entertaining because she is such a great entertainer and host. Oh, thank you. But she was just locked in on Ford. And I've never, I've honestly, that was such a special thing for me to see. It was just like you looking into his eyes. Ah, I'm freaking, I'm about to cry right now. Don't make me cry. (laughs) Don't make me cry. I'm tearing up. I'm not lying. Okay. Um, You'll see one day. It's just like, wow. I've never never seen anything like that. So thank you for that. That's, Um, that's really sweet. Thank you for saying that. That's special. What are three lessons you feel like? you've learned in your journey, the ups and downs of it that you think would be useful for the audience? Oh, that's a great question. Numbing things out and not dealing with your crap will ruin your life. That is the first and foremost. Um, another thing is I actively wake up in the morning and I remember that this is it. That a mediocre, okay life is not acceptable. Um, But also that um, me feeling my happiest, it doesn't have to be some kind of huge, grand, like, I don't have to be Oprah. It doesn't mean it has to go to that extent. Uh, But uh, this is it. This is the one life that you have. And you just can't be... Even like a day of like humdrum, I'm just going to sit around, I'm going to watch Netflix all day long. Mm-hmm. At the end of those days, I'm like, i got to get off this couch. I just wasted one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted just to, to the fullest extent to like live every day and live my life uh, in general. Um, so I think that would be the second one. And gosh, I, I could do like 10. Um, you know, the third one, I, I would say. You know what really helps me is to constantly, like, stay inspired. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, like, when I'm in the shower and when I'm in the car and, like, books on tape and stuff like that. I feel like actively, like, listening to other people's journeys and, like, like this podcast, there there can be something that speaks to you in those that, that can alter your life. For me, it has, like, listening to people's podcasts and stuff like that. They're very powerful. Um and I think anybody watching and anybody that's kind of in a weird spot in the abyss that Andrew and I were in, <laughs> seek as much yeah. information from people that have been successful as possible. Yeah. I think. That's great. Yeah. I think that's a good point because there may be some, some, there's some podcasts that like everybody finds inspiring, but you listen to it and it's just like doesn't tap in. Yeah. But there is somebody out there that can speak to where you are yeah. now. And, like, you know, for you, if somebody's going through a struggle or a depression or whatever it is, maybe the stories you just told, like, spoke to them. Yeah. Other people, you know, maybe they listen to this and they're like, I don't care about Mallory. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just how okay. it is. So just listen to more. I agree. Exactly. Like, I there's agree. so much. That's what's really awesome about this digital age. I mean, what a time to be alive. Seriously. Really, you can get anything. So many, yeah. You, you Literally anything. Yeah. You can type in, like, if you want to weave blankets out of yarn and, like, make that into a career on YouTube, you can do that. Yeah. And, like, you can Google that. You but can, uh, yeah. that, and then, like, lastly, just, like, a lot. Like, family is, to me, like, we started with family, I'll end it with family, is, like, everything. And whether your family is your nuclear family or whether it's, like, your friends. 
like have a group of people around you that are real human beings that you speak to and like look at them in the eyes and spend time with because in this world, in this digital world where everything is out there and people have so many people that they feel like they know and they follow and stuff like that, that's awesome. But like don't forget the human beings in front of you. Yeah. That's like a big thing. And I hope, you know, raising a child in this age, I, I wonder how that's going to be because I'm such a human being person. I love human beings and I just love the interaction of, with other people. And I hope that that's not lost with like the age of the phone. Yeah. Like look at the people in front of you. It's interesting because we kind of contribute to the opposite of that. But we, we do, but it gives us an, a, a unique perspective to appreciate that more than totally else. and that's why i love like instagram stories and youtube like showing vlogs and yeah. our personal life because i want those people to feel like they know I'm, I'm a good one i'm one of the ones that like really wants for the best of like people viewing yeah. my stuff so do you i never want someone to come to my content and feel less than i want them to feel inspired better about themselves yeah. I, you guys are the same way i think you know some people make a business out of being like can't touch this yeah you yeah, know yeah and, and it that's works like it's yeah sometimes. and i just want people to really feel good yeah. just want to leave feeling good but yeah mallory your energy is contagious oh thanks your friendship is greatly appreciated i think you have we were just talking before the show like such a unique story that i'm excited for you to share sean and i have you and you know this but the more vulnerable you are the more kind of power it gives you as far as like tapping into people's lives. So you have like, well, you have you. a great, like just the potential is awesome. Well, and you're also, uh, the reason that Sean has spent a lot of money shopping. So thank you for that. As well. <laughs> but, um, thanks for the time. And I look forward thank to you. This was really to fun. Next. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you found today's interview valuable, there are a lot of ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can also share it with your friends on social media, blogs, or on your own podcast. And please head over to my website at www.andrewdeast.com for more information and to request your favorite celebrity, entrepreneur, athlete, or anyone else who inspires you. Feel free to connect with me directly on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew D. East. And thank you again. We hope to see you next time on Redirected.